I will say, uh, oh, I've got a footnote. Oh, boy. On the verse that says, take all the leaders of the people and execute them. It does say that this could be impale. It's not necessarily execute. It could be impale. Oh, because like you impale people and they go to work the next day. <laughs> or <laughs> just take a sick day and go back to work after you've got impaled. A light impaling. Or hang. Hang is another one. Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. everyone welcome to the unblessed podcast my name is evan and i'm scott and we are two x axe 29 bro lovers absolutely yep uh scott uh did you uh follow axe 29 when you were in college it was a big thing in college for me yeah a little bit it, it was popular uh while i was in high school it was coming out and then college it had the big time big wigs in ministry like Matt Chandler, Mark Driscoll. Um, did it have? No, at no point was Rob Bell. He, he was never part. No, of it. Rob Bell was Rob never. Rob was way too cool for school. He was he yeah. was way too, way too free love for X twenty nine. Way too Oprah. Um, yeah, like no, bro church. It was like man. Oh, church it was. Is what it, it was, it, and it still is. But it's. Yeah. This is definitely a bro church. If you look at the cover of Doctrine by Mark Driscoll, that tells you everything you need to know Ugh, about I remember the that vibe. book so it's, much. It's, Our pastor passed out a free copy of Doctrine to everybody yeah. uh, when I was in high school. I read <laughs> Doctrine. I read his other book, which was like Metal Resurrection or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I read The Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler, and then really anything by Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler was my, like, idol while I was in college, and then a little bit after. Yeah. Um, I always thought that he, even in the heyday of Mark Driscoll, Mark Driscoll, for some reason, even though he was such a bro guy, sounded wimpy to me, just <laughs> as a person. Because I like saw him and I was like, oh, this could be like a man's man. Then he gets up and he's like, all right, today we're going to be talking about this. <laughs> like his voice does not match his vibe. Yeah. And so, or he also just sounded like really whiny whenever he was talking. I remember one sermon I was, he was asked if uh, masturbating was a sin. Oh. And he was like, I mean, like. If you're masturbating with a lustful purpose, then yes. But if you can masturbate to like a white wall, oh my god! I was like, which like at the in that moment, I was just kind of like, uh, you know, this guy's talking about real shit. Which he like he these guys were they were talking yeah. about stuff that like other people like in your normal church you didn't really hear talked about on Sundays, and that was the appeal. Yes, but absolutely. the other side of it was they couldn't balance that with their toxic personalities. Yes. They, these are the, fa at least Mark Driscoll. I'm not sure if the whole network is a part of it, but they had the act like men conferences mm -hmm. and their like study plans. Uh, and that was always icky to me. Those, mm -hmm. I remember I went to, did you go to that conference? I never, never went to an act like men conference. Oh. I never went to any sort of the only like men's men 
stuff we would do is we would separate uh, the boys and girls for Valentine's Day in college. And this was actually kind of helpful because it was uh, all the boys would go into one room with the college pastor's wife and would get to ask questions like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that was good. Yeah. But it would be like, so when my girlfriend says this, what does she really mean? And all the girls would go and sit with the college pastor and he would be like, you know, try not to be creepy for an hour. I know. Um, But it was probably more helpful than hurtful. uh, If we're honestly thinking about it, because it's not just like all dudes sitting in a room and being like, so, so did you jack off? Yeah. (laughs) I love the thought of Christian college guys that are just so unaware that, they can get in a room with someone, just somebody's wife. Just not even like she's licensed. Just like, here's yeah. my wife. She's going to tell you about the birds and the bees. These guys never got a straight talking to from their parents or anybody. In or any sort of, so. or any sort of talking hey, to on like, I'm for, how to, I'm for sex education. Why, yeah, why not? Any sort of talking to about just how to talk to a girl. Yeah. Like uh, that's, I, there's that's so like many the ab- actual dudes. Like, yeah. That yeah. go through youth group and college ministry and they, have this idea of courtship and marriage that is so far removed from reality. You know, they think like, I'm going to find a a woman of God and I'll address her parents and her parents will give me her hand in marriage and then we'll, you know, uh, court for a week and we'll be married in five weeks. And then like just this crazy fast timeline. Did you know people like that that were just like very into I never knew somebody, I never knew somebody like that. I knew, um, my college pastor was like, heads up guys, quick engagement, do it. He's like, you're gonna, you're gonna want to have sex. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? That's smart. Uh, which like our engagement wound up lasting a long time because of COVID. 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. Um, (laughs) But uh, I remember I went on a date with this girl one time and I asked my college pastor for advice and he was like, tell her, you know, tell her that you're dating for marriage. Oh, my you're gosh. you're going for it. And so I sit down with her. We go to a Mexican restaurant. First date. First date. I'm just oh. like, I'm not. And I in my head, I was like, I'm a badass. But before I came out, like, I'm not messing around. I'm, <laughs> I'm dating with the purpose of marriage. So if we're going to date first date we're gonna date i want to date you for the purpose of being my godly <laughs> girlfriend and then maybe wife wow how'd they she, respond she to was that? like i i really love that and then like three dates later dumped me <laughs> i so. really love that for you <laughs> she's like oh, no. that's what i'm looking for and then three dates later was like no thanks um so uh i can't i'll tell you i was probably in the same boat i was very Mm -hmm. much like a cringy very forward like this is an intentional relationship you know like Mm -hmm. this is i want to be i want to be intentional and i want to i want to be intentional and i want to uh i want i want to i want to be thinking about marriage and like having babies and having grandkids right now and uh, so much pressure on a first couple dates to like get all that out in the air like it's you can't just like relax and just like let's just get to know this person and joke around and to be fair like to be fair to my college pastor like i think he kind of misjudged the scenario because i think he was he thought we were kind of past the point of that was a second date yeah i think he thought we were kind of past the point of like talking a little bit more and flirting a little bit more because his whole thing was just like, you don't have to do anything big on like a first, like just go out for like a Coke or something like that. Cause he couldn't say beer, but he'd be like, go out for like, you know, just sit on the quad or like whatever, like go to a football game, sit next to each other, have fun. You don't have to, the first thing. Go share have to be, a soda at the chocolate shop. Yeah. yeah you know, he was, he go was race like, cars at the drag strip, you know, yeah, it's like, y'all, you don't need to like fucking put so much pressure on everything. And here I was like, the first date needs to be Red Lobster. Um, Ooh, a man of fine I'm, taste. I know. Look out. I was <laughs> trying to impress. Um, 
Oh but. my gosh. So you you whipped out the I'm I'm super serious about this day yeah. one. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, Acts 29, uh, they had a knack for that. They really tried to push men to be I mean, men, men, men. We gotta just like, you know, you gotta work out and you gotta have a gun to protect your home and you gotta be smart and you gotta tell your wife she looks hot you know yeah. all this stuff i just remember like and yell okay. at her if she's eight yeah. months pregnant yeah yell at her yeah tell her to go she should do the grocery shopping that's a side note for something else that happened <laughs> in the news i could Jesus. go off on uh yeah x29 the whole network was we were talking earlier just felt like a bro culture kind of like cigars and beards and like uh, I I do I have like I do leather work in my garage and I I and here's the thing smoke meats you know I love almost everything bro I love <laughs> beer I love college football I don't like tank tops because I got hairy pits but like I am just am generally hairy so just that it does I generally hairy yeah generally hairy <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> But, like, I just, they don't work well with my body. But, like, almost everything bro-wise. I love Miller Lite. Like, I, I love all things bro. But when, it's whenever somebody tells me I have to like something for another reason other than just to fucking like it. Ooh. That's where I get, that's and that's, that's where that mentality kind of, like, seeps in and starts to be wrong. If this might make it on the podcast, this might not. Um, but... Owning a gun just because you like guns, I think is fine. Yeah, sure. Owning a gun because you want to be like, I got a big dick yeah. is different. Exactly. Like, I, I just, I, it's so fucking, like, that's, and it's all across the brain. It's all across well, the brain. Like, we have to watch this person in this, like, show because yeah. they're feminist or whatever. What if they're not fucking funny? Yeah. Yeah, you know, liking something just for the, uh, whatever you want to call it, that I hate saying like signaling, but like the ideology, like oh, I'm gonna you know attribute to this, like this political party likes this, therefore I will like this, or you know my religion says I like this, therefore I like you're just you're not doing like you said you're not doing yeah. it because you enjoy the thing itself, and I think that's important. Is like you could have a tendency, like I feel like yeah, probably. It's totally fine to have a tendency to like, I like sports too. And I like, you know, I like dad rock and butt rock and like, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's like, at the same time, I don't think that's what makes me like, uh, quote air quotes, but a man, you know, it's like to say like, well, you have to like sports and football and guns and lifting weights and all that stuff. It's like, or you can also like, I also like dancing. I like singing and like, I like being a goober and I like cartoon there's like all sorts of things that you could say like things I enjoy and those don't make me more or less of a man or whatever you are so I just Acts 29 like pushing this agenda or really any church of like I was reading on their website and it's like the Bible's clear about what makes a man a man and it's like I don't think it is I don't think it's clear what things you should enjoy yeah I think you would agree there and Evan. even then if the bible where the bible is clear about gender roles i'll allow it this is not so clear cut as people make it to be it's a little Absolutely. bit more about taking personal responsibility for your actions yes and that's another good point is like i don't want to dive too deep because i could talk an hour about this yeah. but <laughs> there's something to be said about i i have this conversation all the time about like the the good things in the bible that are uh, that you could separate from the theology. Like, I think mm -hmm. it's good that people are self-sacrificial or that are to be patient or kind or gentle. Like, all these things are good things inherently. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing with, like, gender roles. It's like, yeah, like, you should you should just be self-sacrificial, whether you're a man or a woman, or, like, what you know, you should be patient and kind, whether you're a man or a woman. Like, just why not go after all these things, you know? Like, we were always taught as kids, like, well, it's the women that need to be patient and kind and, sweet and you know caring men should be tough and you know have no emotions it's you're, you just place these like random boxes on people yeah. that don't make sense it's it's insanity and like kind of going back to uh, the virtue signaling bit like 
it, it's bizarre that there's a one group that complains about virtue signaling all hmm. the time. But when you take a deep dive into something like Acts 29, where they're like, well, I, you know, we should, you know, love sports or we should do this because it's, you know, it's a manly thing to do. It's like, that's also virtue signaling. Yeah, absolutely. That's its own form of it. It just tastes different. Hundred percent. It's same shit, different, different packaging. <laughs> so, and whenever you have that kind of virtue signaling happening, and whenever you have just like, I, I think what makes this even worse is it's paired with theology. Yes, it's paired with belief, and so that's why Mark Driscoll got in trouble for creating like a cult-like atmosphere at Mars Hill. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Mark Driscoll was like one of the head honchos of this church planning network called Acts 29. Um, basically, it was like Baptist, but on roids, <laughs> like yeah. Baptist at yeah. the gym kind of deal. And uh, he just created this cult of personality at his church over in, I think it was like Washington or Oregon or wherever. Um, and eventually like the elders heard like enough complaints about him that they were like, you need to leave. And he was like, rubber, rubber, bro. <laughs> um, and now he started his own church in Arizona. Um, but like, yeah. And he's now still, he's, a, he's still a dick. He's like, somewhere out in the yeah. desert yelling at women or something now. So yeah, he's Fantastic. still an asshole. Like that's yeah. the, like, that's the thing about all this is he's still a prick and you just, time and time again you have these it's never surprising to me mm. when these like douchebag guys come yep. out and are douchebags yep i think the thing that surprises me is the words that they say like that's what surprises me. it's not the article steven yeah. crowder is a douchebag <laughs> yeah does not it's like not shocking me. it's like of not course he is. The surprising thing is the ring doorbell recording oh. of him yelling at his eight months pregnant oh. wife saying, you need to do wifely things and you need to become someone worthy of being a wife. That's what I cannot shocks me to hell. It's like getting my blood boiling. I am, all I'll say is somebody that is... Lean so, in. Lean in. For somebody that is just so... Uh, like militant about family values and you know the strong nuclear family and all this jazz blah 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 it's like uh and then he himself treats his wife with such disrespect gets divorced so i'm just like to all the people he was giving advice to about like ah blah 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 this is how family should work and then his doesn't even work out doesn't that show something that like these people who like these talking heads I mean, we're looking at us as well, but <laughs> we but, are talking heads. <laughs> to be fair, you can't trust any like you should not follow anybody. I think that's the whole point is like it's one I, people will say things that might be uh, helpful or insightful at one point. I, I don't doubt that he probably to his listeners, he provided content that they enjoyed. But I, it's like this cult mindset is it really bothers me. People just like treat these people like oh everything they say is gold you know everything they say mm -hmm. i'm gonna follow them everywhere and then you look at their actual personal lives and it's in shambles and it's like it's it's nothing they're snake oil salesmen and it's it's it grosses that's me exactly out right yeah oh so and that's what, i can keep popping off but <laughs> yeah that's what like acts 29 and all of these like culture war guys that's all that they dive yes. into yeah, is it's they're divisive. just peddling snake oil. That's all that they're doing. They're not giving you any sort of substance. They're not providing any sort of tangible. They're just they're it stirs putting, up anger. Yeah, they're just they just want to put gas on the fire. And yep. to be fair, like I think where Matt Chandler uh, is different in that is going to be weird, and it's going to be weird to say. I think his only thing with in regard to culture war that I'm familiar with and I can be wrong and that's okay if I am please email me I haven't watched the Matt Chandler sermon since probably 2016 Yeah. Um, but I think the only thing that he engaged in was the talk about abortion 
which is oh, still yeah. big and still important, but he's not engaging in like man versus woman and whether or not that needs to be. I uh, I still have respect for Matt Chandler. I I uh, yeah. I don't know what happened. If you we were talking earlier again about like he had some weird Instagram like text conversations with somebody. I don't know anything about that. But beforehand, like I thought his sermons were not as uh, divisive or as like anger filled yeah. as like Mark Driscoll's. So yeah, I, and I don't know, you know where he lands on the rise of the trans conversation with churches or anything like that. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I don't have a good temperature check on most of these yeah. churches now, like where um, they stand. We're so far. We were like yeah. looking at the Acts 29 like board. Like back in the day, we'd be like, oh, this person, I've bought their book. This person, I've bought their book. And now we're looking at it and I'm like, I think i recognize one person <laughs> yeah we're so out of the game we now. have no idea so yeah. good luck listening to us with anything we're saying that like steven crowder may have given his listeners like a nugget good luck with us yeah like <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing helpful <laughs> we have nothing helpful speaking of nothing helpful there is a commercial out there for our favorite museum oh, my uh, favorite the Ark Encounter. Yes. And there's a little cartoon and it's this llama being invited by giraffes because you know how they're friends. Um, and a kangaroo. To, yeah, to the Ark Encounter by like, yeah, by a kangaroo and the giraffe family. And it's this little llama called Izzy or Isabel. Um, and she walks up to it and she's like, because she's Spanish because she's a llama. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's so weird. It's such yeah. a weird like vibe of a thing. And I think the best, the best part of the commercial, in my opinion, is the dad looking at the... There are two things I like about it. One is the dad looking at the arc mm-hmm. and going, it's good to be back. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, you... Were you on it? He's got glasses on, by the way, and a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. And he says, it's good to be back. And that's my other favorite thing is, like, how, like, how Gen Z friendly the whole thing is. Yeah. Like, the llama has, like, purple hair and, like, a side, like, yeah. swoop. And then the giraffe has a fashion thing that I have never understood. And maybe I'll get on this rant. Because it happened with Old us. man yells at Cloud. Here we go. It happened in the <laughs> 90s. Pretty sure it happened in the 80s. I don't understand headphones as oh. fashion. I oh, I'm never, on this train. Yeah. I've never. That's not a hat. It's meant for your ears, for you to listen to music. <laughs> if I see, like, if you're just walking around with headphones on your head and not over your ears, I don't think you know how they work. You can put them in the backpack that you have. Or around your, even around your neck makes more sense because it's kind of like, Evan, it was a giraffe. Where do they put it on their neck? It slides all the way down to their butt. That was an artistic choice. <laughs> they could have just not drawn the goddamn headphones. Where would they put it? They would just go, woo. You could have just, a giraffe doesn't listen to music. They got ears. Yes, they do. They don't listen to music. Like, they, their no. ears are as big as your head. No, they don't. Like, Show me a giraffe that listens to music in real life. That like that was a real life giraffe, Evan, in the commercial. The actual fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) It was real. It's like look how real they were. They went to the Ark Encounter. So you're telling me that they make bow ties for giraffes as well? And do they not? I saw a video with a giraffe with a bow tie. Going back to the ark that he oh, got no. off four thousand years ago. <laughs> oh my! This favorite also part. does beg the question. So they yeah. decided that the bow tie should go at like the base of the. Oh neck. yeah, that was a very interesting artistic uh, choice. Not like, the top of the neck. Yeah, not the top of the neck. Which I think is fair because I think for a necktie, it does go. It's supposed to cover your torso, and I think to end this debate. The tie on the giraffe is covering the giraffe's torso. And it's not covering, covering it at all. Well, the it's a tiny is still little, yeah. Butt ass <laughs> naked. Like, it, 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 which I, I think it, that's something that like also upsets me, where it's just like, so he obviously has access to clothes. 
Yeah, and technology. What? Why is he just wearing glasses and a fucking bow tie? Well, they can't be naked in the Garden of Eden. It's too simple. They are naked. They have to cover. <laughs> if I were to walk up to you with just a bow tie and glasses, I wouldn't you, say you were naked. You, I would just say he only has a bow tie on. You would I be more naked than not naked? You'd be etch, inching closer to I'm naked not, is nothing but it's like an infinity on the scale. Like it's it's unreachable. I no, it is reachable. No, at what naked, point? Pure no. naked is reachable. If I just take all my clothes off. No glasses, no nothing, and I'm if I'm shower clothes, if I'm shower state, then I am naked. I think you could get even more naked though. There's no, always you a possibility can't. to get How? more naked. How? Shave? No. I could see more of your face. Body, body hair is not like <laughs> that's a completely different thing. That's a completely okay. different thing. By that logic, a giraffe is never naked. I just think hair is technically a covering, so. Okay, I will take that information and apply it and go to Home Depot fully naked. Do it. And just I tell love a cop. To see. Okay. Like what what do you, I want to know what you think will happen? I think you'd be just fine. You'll be just fine. Here's the thing, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and we both know you're wrong. I think you would be I think you would have a little bit better time if you had is a hair. gorilla in a suit clothed like yes what's yeah okay <laughs> so what about a gorilla not in a suit clothed well, I, or not i clothed? didn't say he's clothed i just said he's naked getting closer to even more naked that's just infinity there's never a reachable moment you just you know you just keep getting even more naked okay well then let's do this what's the point at which you are so naked that it's socially unacceptable <laughs> That depends on your state law. I don't know. That's No, it doesn't depend on your state law. It does not depend law. on your state law or federal law. It's socially <laughs> acceptable. To, according to God's law, uh, once you put fig leaves on, you're you're covered. You're covered? Yeah. Okay, so what's the bow tie to fig leaf? Like, it has to be bigger than that... a fig leaf. <laughs> it has to be fig, bigger <laughs> than a fig know. leaf. I don't know. I'm just... You, you wanted to die on this hill, and I, no, I pushed love it, yeah. you I love dying on this on hills. hill, and you wanted to stay here. All don't I was, get, all I don't was get mad at to, me. <laughs> all I'm proving is that the necktie and the draft does belong in the bottom of the neck, and I will die on that. I will die on that. But it's not a necktie. It's a bow tie. It doesn't matter. It goes around the neck. It's, I, like, neck it's not covering nearly as much, but the necktie would not cover anything either. Either way, the Ark Encounter sucks. <laughs> I, I would have much to... rather debate this a whole day than go to the Ark Encounter. That's how much I don't want to go to the Ark Encounter. I did have this moment of, we were talking about this for a long time, but yes. then I was like, no, I want to keep going because <laughs> I'm so angry right now. I li- Do I love you that not the... know me after all these years? <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I wanted to stay with this bit. I love that the like top comment is like because the yeah. llama just goes like the 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 giraffes are inviting the llama over and the llama's like I you know I'm sh- down for anything even if it's boring and then the yeah. kangaroo is just like Wait, what what no it's got zip lines it's got a zoo which that brings up a whole other fucking yeah. thing of yeah. like animals going to see other animals in it a has zoo. our imprisoned family members. <laughs> You know, for fun. Like, you know, is that just like, oh, let's let's go have fun and go to Eastern Penitentiary. Like <laughs> we know. can see your uncle behind bars. That's <laughs> such an odd concept. It's the whole thing's weird. Evan, the whole thing. They're gonna be building a replica Jerusalem in the middle of Kentucky. <sighs> the same people. And they're about to build a Tower of Babel. They are this is like how like Mickey Mouse can talk, but Pluto can't. But they're both animals. It's exactly it's this is exactly same the same thing. So the zoo thing d- is weird as hell. Like already, if you're a person that feels uncomfortable about like zoos, this should make you feel more uncomfortable. But yes. like, I don't remember where I was going with that. Um, with a the boring bit, I I got so distracted by the fact that there's a zoo. Um, well, speaking of zoos. And uh, iron bars, I want to talk about a verse in a Bible where someone gets impaled 
by ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen the master of transitions (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you scott moran (laughs) all right we're 30 minutes in what are we talking about today So today we are going to be in the book of Numbers, and you might be like, Evan, that's just a book of Numbers. No, it's not. It's a book of some crazy-ass stories. Well, there are numbers after each sentence. There are. Yeah, there are. Well, that's with everything uh, in the Bible. Um, With numbers, it starts off with a bunch of numbers, but then you get into, like, the teens and the 20s, and you're like, oh, there's some juicy shit in here. Um, Numbers today, is like the dark magic book of the Bible. It has all the like witchcraft and like silly, weird spiritual stories. Yeah, all of Moses is just like Mo- God gave Moses a wild amount of power. Yeah, a wild amount Insane. of magic. Insane, absolutely yoked with power. Yeah, stacked. And he was just like, I'm going to drop this staff in the ground. It's going to turn into a snake. Going to pick it back up. It's going to turn back into a staff. And I'm going to put my staff in the water. The river, the Nile is going to turn to blood. Sick. Super I'm going to make it rain fucking frogs. <laughs> Do you think those were like the cool superpowers back in the day? Like, you know, like right now we have like Spider-Man and Superman, like Green Lantern, and all these like cool, you know, they have really cool powers. Was it yeah. back then? Like, Boy, I wish I could just make it rain frogs. <laughs> like, yeah, weird that God wasn't like, hey, you got the power of flight now. Yeah, like why not flight and super strength of any of these people? It's always like, all right, you could uh you can make crickets appear out of anywhere. Or like you can uh you can crush skulls just by looking at them with your <laughs> staff or something. <laughs> very specific superpowers. Very, very, very specific superpowers. Like always just they always hinge on something else. Um, so starting in chapter 25, while Israel was staying in the Acacia Grove, my favorite new pop-up restaurant, (laughs) the people began to have sexual relationships with the women of Moab. (sighs) I know having yours is a little more gentle in that verse. Mine says they began to whore with the daughters of Moab. Jesus. Jeez. (laughs) I don't know. Get your, it's ESP. Maybe, maybe your book needs an update. So the women invited them to the sacrifices for their gods, and the people ate and bowed in worship to their gods. So Israel aligned itself with Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against Israel. The Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and execute them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that his... Jesus Christ. The, the Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of the people and execute them in broad daylight before the Lord. The Lord referred to himself in the third person. Yeah. Pause just on that verse. So one thing, Baal is like a term that just means like God. It's kind of like it could mean for any religion. It's like the Baal of Peor. So it's like the God of this you know, yeah. nation. So to me, it's wild that essentially the Israelites are sleeping with another nation and starting to worship this nation's God. And he's so angry. He just commands Moses to like, hey, take all their like, government leaders essentially and murder them in the street can you do that for me (laughs) like messed up this is crazy but we'll just keep going yeah sorry and it's a little bit weird if you consider a literal translation of the like commandment that talks about not having other gods before me yeah doesn't necessarily mean that you just have to believe in yahweh just means that you can't believe in any god being more powerful than yahweh mm, yeah because why that say very before good distinction. me yeah why say before me um so. that's a very good call because it that is something that's i would argue closer to reality because people did worship and we have such a skewed idea of worship now like we imagine like these people went to like a church service and like we're raising their hands and like Oh, you had bumper stickers about bail or something like that. You had bagel and coffee. (laughs) Yeah, it was more like you enter someone else's house. If you were in this new country, they had their traditions already that they set up about their. And you might even think it's the same God at that same point. You thought, oh, like we're just doing this, you know, uh, prayer or whatever. We're doing the sacrifice. So it rains tomorrow. I don't know. Something like that. 
and people might just take part in that and they would consider that worship and sacrifices to the other gods. But uh, what's just wild is like, like you said in the commandment is like, we always assume like, oh, it means you can't believe in anything else. But to the people in that age, it meant like, okay, I can, maybe I can still enjoy other gods or I can still like do things with other people, but I have to know that Yahweh is number one. Like he's the, the top yeah. dog. So yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting call out. Yep. Um, Take all the leaders of the people and execute them in broad daylight before the Lord so that his burning anger might turn away from Israel. Uh, do you think uh, Moses was telling the people, he was like, I talked to God and he said, take all the leaders of the people and execute them in broad daylight before the Lord. And they were like, did he, did he say before the Lord? Did the Lord say <laughs> the Lord? And he was like, I mean, I mean, before me, like that's what he was, because it was yeah, God. Not me, but him. Um, them. So Moses told Israel's judges, kill each of the men who align themselves with Baal of Peor or Baal or however you say it. Yikes. This is my favorite part. An Israelite man came bringing in Midianite woman to his relatives in the sight of Moses and the whole Israelite community while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So already like shit's going down. I want to know what that scene really like. So is Moses like having brunch outside? the tent or something and then these people are like let's get married right in front of moses and walk right in front of him like yeah i don't is that that's how i'm reading it i don't know i i think that he's <laughs> i think it could be that i think it could be very as very simple as like we're just walking along and i think or it could also be like we're gonna bone in the tent of meeting like that could also be what they would do perhaps Sorry, when continue. Phineas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, saw this, he got up from the assembly, took a spear in his hand, followed the Israelite man into the tent, which I think a sh- or a bridal tent is what it's supposed yeah, to be. Mine's so the a, chamber. I think it's supposed to be a different tent. Um, and drove it through both. So he picks up the spear, follows the Israelite man and the woman into a bridal tent and drove it through both the Israelite man and the woman through her belly. Damn. Double so kill. He, he hits her from the front end and kills him in the back end. In theory, Do you think it was her front first? Or do you think it was they were like a sandwich on top of each other and he like... If it's saying like a sandwich through her belly... Toothpick. That's how I'm imagining Well, that's true. Um, if it's saying through her... Like, either way... Kills both of them, and it's very much implied that they're having sex in this moment. Yes, oh, 100%. Because, because yeah. Scott, remember, there's sex, sex in the Bible. Well, hang on. I said yes. I didn't mean 100% yes. <laughs> okay, what else will they be doing in this scenario? Hugging. <laughs> <laughs> Just having a nice little hug. There's nothing bad in the Bible. No sex, but people do get speared like a sandwich at <laughs> McAllister's. <laughs> There's nothing bad in the Bible except all the murder. Except these two lovebirds getting staked in a tent. Getting, <laughs> turning into a kebab. God. Oh then, my God. Then the plague on the Israelites was stopped, which we're led to believe that that's what is talked about earlier when it's talked about the anger yeah. um, of God that he started a plague. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. Sheesh. Which is wild because it's like the Bible fucks with time so hard. Oh, yeah. 24,000 people, if they just like drop dead, we'd have like archaeological evidence of them all dropping dead at once. Oh, yeah. That would be a thing. Um, but over time is a little bit, I think we're led to believe that this is a little bit more like, you know, COVID nineteen. Like this is a little <laughs> bit more like a yeah, this, few months. This wasn't just a weekend uh, for Israel. Like Friday, Saturday, probably yeah. a, a little bit of a couple of years went by of them worshiping Baal and all that jazz. Yeah. But and uh, then Phineas with his murder saves the day. So the <laughs> Lord spoke to Moses, Phineas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath from the Israelites because he was zealous among them with my zeal. So I did not, so that I did not destroy the Israelites in my zeal. I think you kind of did. Um, yeah, yeah. Therefore declare, I grant him my covenant of peace. 
it will be a covenant of perpetual priesthood for him and his future descendants because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the Israelites. The name of this, so he does the double kill, the double homicide. Um, and one spear go, and he gets promoted to a uh, big boy priest, and he has a priesthood. <laughs> big boy uh, priest. Can, just imagine like little boy priest, like. <laughs> There's like the husky section, the kid section, big boy section. <laughs> well, little boy priest is what got the Catholics in trouble. <laughs> hey Okay. Um, the name of the slain Israelite man who was struck dead with the Midianite woman was Zimri, son of Salu, the leader of the of a Simeonite. Uh, ancestral house. The name of the slain Midianite woman was Cosby, <laughs> the daughter hmm. of Zer, a tribal head of an ancestral house in Midian. Um, so the two big things that God's angry about, one is them having sex with the Midianites, two is, and I think the real problem that he has is them worshiping Baal. I think that's like the big, yeah. worshiping another god is, that's a big thing. But <laughs> the thing is for me is like, for a God that wants, that has a chosen people, he sure does try to kill them. Yeah, they lot. have it rough. I know that's like my inner pastor like is screaming because it's like, well, that's the whole point of the Old Testament is like they don't they don't want to be his people. They, they don't want a king and they don't want a God and they want to just wander and blah, blah, blah. But God keeps bringing them back. And it's like he's not making it easy for him to come back at times. Like it's always framed as like, the people are running away and God's reeling them back. And it's like the people like started dating their next door neighbor, essentially. And then God goes, ah, but we killed 24,000 of you. Yeah. And then until someone gets until sandwiched one of, in a tent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until one of you steps up and murders, which is also the weird thing. Yeah. Who's going like, to shish kebab this couple, huh? Like, like at no point does God give a directive. And maybe that was actually it was that, like Moses didn't actually uh, kill and, or Moses directed people and they didn't actually kill any sort of leader. Um, Cause we're not, it doesn't say that there's any sort of um, execution of the leaders. It just says that God tells Moses to do mm. it. And Moses tells the judges and then it kind of skips to Phineas doing the thing. Um, Let's see so, what the ESV study Bible has to say. I'm curious. Ah, uh, yes. The word of God. The word, the true word. Of God. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned so much oh, from no. the ESV study Bible. Uh, so here's what they say. Quick note. So about the whore and the sacrificing of their gods echoes the terms used in Exodus 34. The people are breaking the first commandment given after the golden calf apostasy. Uh, Baal was the main Canaanite fertility god who Israel was constantly temple, tempted to worship. Here we go, verse 4. The fierce anger of the Lord. This is the verses that are talking about killing the people in broad daylight. Drastic action, in quotes, execution, was the only possible way to obliterate the perversion of Baal worship and the accompanying prostitution of the daughters of Moab. So the, uh, the Lord's fierce anger most likely refers to the ancient Near Eastern practice of impaling dead bodies on a stick after heinous crimes as a form of disgrace and as a public warning to all public warning all who are tempted to such perversion. So even the ESV state people are like, they probably hung them out to dry in the public. <laughs> that, like this, that's such a weird context, uh, little thing that forgives you because it's saying that like, okay, the only way to uh, revert the Israelites back to being jo God's chosen people is to do the things that everybody else is around you is doing <laughs> to these people. Like, you know, it's like all those murdering Moabites over there. We better kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's wild to me. Like I, oh, I'm going to get my high horse, but this is, these are the type of verses that, I love to point out when people are like, I just follow the Bible as like my compass, like the Old Testament, Old and New Testament, you know, it's absolute truth. It's morality. How, how do we know what's right and wrong without the Bible? 
and then I, verses like this where there's no way you can take it out of context. Like God is giving Moses a direct command and it can't be misconstrued. It's not like Moses had a vision or Moses said this. It's clearly from the Lord. And he says, go and kill those people in the public square. Now I will say, oh, I've got a footnote. Oh boy. On the verse where it says, take all the leaders of the people and execute them. It does say that this could be impale. It's not necessarily execute. It could be impale. Oh, because like you impale people and they go to work the next day. <laughs> or <laughs> just take a sick day and go back to work after you've got impaled. A light impaling. Or hang. Hang is another one. Don't make it this any easier. <laughs> Hey, 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 they weren't executed. <laughs> they were just shot. <laughs> what are those nooses for? <laughs> uh, you know, or, there's a light impalement. <laughs> or expose. Oh, expose. What does that mean? Expose them? I think expose is like their insides oh my god like based on what every other thing me is telling me i think it means like a vivisection i think that's what we're looking at like they got de-gloved in 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 public oh my god i love it It was like they might not have been executed they might have just been poked (laughs) with a spear you know seen that uh you say ever seen hot fuzz where uh Timothy Dalton, like, lands chin first <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on the steeple model. Uh, it's like... It's like that. The next day, they go, all right, get down from there. You're down. That's no, you're We down just wanted to there. kind of scare you, you know? He's like, my back! <laughs> <laughs> my spine! <laughs> Can't walk anymore. Well, it sounds like a you problem. Well, stop having sex with Moabites. <laughs> Why don't you do that? Oh, my God. Oh, man. I. Uh... But to that point, I just... It's these types of verses where... There's instruction from God that, and he tells people to murder um, and kill. And uh, I'll kind of get in our final points as we're at 45 minutes. Uh, Before you do, I want to yeah. point out one childish dumb thing. Please. Um, and this has nothing to do with theology. This is just me uh-huh. being ignorant and me being an American English speaker. Mm-hmm. But I have a footnote for Numbers 25.1 where it says, while Israel was staying in the Acacia Grove, the footnote says, or in shit em. Mine says shit em. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you need to read ESV. It's a lot more fun. Whores <laughs> and shit em. And, and shit em. <laughs> S-H-I-T-T-I-M. I'm a child. Go ahead. <laughs> it was shit em. No, you're, you're great. Uh, my, my kind of final thoughts on this passage. I, I honestly don't remember this one as a kid. I kind of stumbled upon this recently. No. I'm sure I read it and I just kind of glossed over it because I think as you're reading the Bible, especially if you just go from like cover to cover, the Old Testament gets so boring at times and there's so many war stories that you just come numb to the fact that like God was instructing these war crimes on yeah. people. And uh, really, so, yeah. really what you're looking for is like the verses that stand out and that you can put it put into a tweet. Yeah. yeah, you're looking for the ones where there's a nice, you know, people might read this passage and at the very end go, uh, I'm going to take, I don't know, like verse 2512. So, you know, behold, I give to you my new covenant of peace and it will be a perpetual priesthood. I'm pretty sure I've seen that one somewhere in a church. It's like, uh, if only you but- read five <laughs> verses before that, you know, like <laughs> where they oh, shish kebobbed a couple on their wedding night, like. And the 24,000 people that died. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Uh, but a covenant so of peace. I just, really, I, I I struggle to understand how I was reading something about the Old Testament law and how it wasn't perfect or ideal at the time. It was supposed to be forward-looking. That was kind of, when I was a pastor, that's how I envisioned the Old Testament. It was like, yeah, it wasn't perfect. It was just pointing to a better time. And that sounds nice, but 
at the end, then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, then God, did he instruct incorrect things at the time? Because you can't just say, well, it's dependent upon time and region. Like, I, I, he already instructed people to be kind and be loving before this point, you know? So yeah. why couldn't he just change people's hearts? Or if, if he truly wanted people to be a loving nation, why not just evangelize? Like, we don't do that anymore. We don't go no. and kill nations that are opposite of our beliefs. So, um. Um, well... Sorry, we did for a while really bad and we still do (laughs) but an argument can be made um i i think the other thing that you can bring up here is like if the old testament is supposed to be forward looking and if everything's supposed to point to jesus i beg you i implore you i cannot survive without you (laughs) To point out where this points to Jesus. Yeah, I absolutely. <laughs> I don't, I can't see how God instructing Moses to hang people or lightly impale them, <laughs> you know, in the town square as the best option. I Here's, here's my absolute final. I'll, I'll be done for this. One thing I was thinking about a lot recently was if I was to restructure like the God's plan of saving people at all, would I do it? Like if I could rewrite a couple of verses of the Bible, would I do so? And I think any rational person would say yes. I think anybody would go, yeah. you know what? I, I think we could probably just get rid of a couple of these verses or change some of these verses and then it would be great, you know, or this would be a better plan. Like maybe instead of killing 24,000 people, it'd probably be better if he just, I don't know, saved him before all those people died. Like I could see ways to improve upon these stories. So that's where I struggle of like this being absolute and perfect the way it is just feels so just disingenuous. Like, no, there, there, clearly there's ways to improve this story and make a, a more, you know, uh, happy outcome for everybody. So. Absolutely. Like, this is just so bananas. And What's your final thought on all this? Uh, yeah, my final your... thought is just like, I remember this story and I remember being like, oh, this is cool. And then, like, while we were, like, looking for stories, I was like, oh, fuck, this is, like, a metal story. Yeah. And it is pretty metal. It is. Like, objectively speaking, it's another one of the stories in the Bible where if you let the Bible be the Bible, it's... if you It's going to Bible. Bible. Yeah, if you let the Bible... The Bible's going to Bible. If you let the stories <laughs> be what they are, they're rad. Yeah. Like, this is a Game of Thrones-type story. Hell yeah. Um, This is, like, a Red Wedding-type deal. Like, truly... <laughs> Um, but then you mix in the theology and the doc, like you mix in that this is religious and that's kind of what we were going back to before. Anytime you like kind of tack that on to, well, I have to do this um, or, you know, this is good. Like that's where yeah. things get complicated and that's yes. where you, you, you go down a slippery slope uh, to the point of stabbing two couples on the wedding night. Um. Right. Yeah, I just I this this is just one of those many stories in the Bible that stands out to me as you know uh, why yeah why why is this important why why did the murder of two people turn back God's wrath yeah it's it's one of those where did something else happen around this time period and this was an explanation like. Did a bunch of people die from a plague? Because I wonder about some of those explanations of like, was there something really bad that happened? Like maybe there was a, uh, an actual plague that was occurring. And so people just attribute, oh, well, we, we did start having sex with those people <laughs> next door. Maybe that's why people and started Then Phineas dying. committed that murder and then <laughs> all of a sudden everybody's okay. I mean, I do think that's how things kind of went. was like, oh, remember when Phineas like double killed those people? Then everything kind of got better. That's probably when God was happy with us again because he killed those people. I don't know. It's who we really can't be a hundred percent on what, you know, the story's in here for. Remember when Phineas made a spit roast out of two people and then everyone got healed. <laughs> yeah. Spit I, roast means something a little bit different, but <laughs> I'm just going to pretend like it's a luau. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's um, all I got for this. I think for this week. Yeah. That's, What's what's going on in your life, though, Evan? What's anything to plug? Uh, so last night, Katie and I watched this movie called Your Highness. 
and it has Danny McBride, which we will watch any Love movie him. that has Danny McBride. Yeah. It has Natalie Portman. It has James Love me Franco. Natalie. It has Charles He's okay. Dance. It has <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> you don't know who Charles Dance is? Charles Dance. He's a he was uh did you ever watch Game of Thrones? No. No, okay. Like he's a very intense I would say villainous character in it. He's he's I it's kind of like the sassy one in Game of Thrones. It's always like I knew that would happen. Like he always shouts that from the back. No. (laughs) (laughs) There's no one like that. Um yeah, there's no one that's just like, I knew he would die. Like there's no one no, he plays like the patriarch of the Lannister family. Um, and to be fair, he's probably like a, he's a really good like kingdom manager, but he has to like he's sinister, mm-hmm. and uh, he always plays a very like serious and you know. Seen anything sin- else that I would recognize his face? I don't. If not, know. sorry. He usually Charles just plays dance a very. I know. sinisterly british person all the time that's always his deal gotcha um but you were watching danny mcbride yeah uh so it was the movie called your highness um i'm not looking at charles Dance's, i know i said you had uh, a rabbit hole now i'm not gonna uh, know who it is no matter what you send me so <laughs> uh, a lot of british shit yeah it's um, not my bag <laughs> so uh He's in it. Um, I think that I said everybody that I needed to say that was in it. James Franco, all them. Uh, James Franco plays like the handsome prince that goes on all the quests. And Danny McBride just plays this like jealous, shitty younger brother. Nice. Um, which is his like MO. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Natalie Portman plays like this like uh, ranger type person that's, you know, she's on her own quest and she's got to kill the villain too. Um, and she can do everything. And Zoe Deschanel uh, plays the princess locked in a tower, captured by the evil wizard um, that hmm. wants to have sex with her so oh. that she will give birth to a dragon that he will oh. control. Um, but Is it a documentary? A, yes. Um, <laughs> you know how Zoe Deschanel can give birth to dragons? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it is a Your Highness. Laughs. Yeah, Your Highness is it is a put that one on the list. Is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. And it's every scene with Danny McBride and Natalie Portman because they are so opposite of one another in everything I've ever seen. Yeah. Is just magical. Like it's Danny McBride trying to hit on Natalie Portman, and it's Natalie Portman being like I don't have time for dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great. It's so good. Now, what about yourself? I ain't got nothing. I ain't consumed no media last week or so. Uh, dang. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have anything. Yeah, I uh, I had some some friends visit, some family visit. Just been a busy bee hosting over here. All right, that's boring. Uh, that's nothing I can go off of. How about this? I, uh, nope, I don't have anything. I have no community <laughs> media. <laughs> okay. I've been watching Detroiters a lot. I don't know if I talked about that last week. No, no. A lot What's of Detroiters? Detroiters. Who's Detroiters? Who are uh, they? It's Tim and Sam from, like, I Think You Should Leave. Uh, oh, yeah. Tim Robinson? Yeah, and Sam Morell, I think. Uh, Sam or not Morell. Uh, Sam, uh, I can't remember his last name, but uh, Morell's the other comedian. Yeah, um, but they Detroiters is a it's not it's kind of sketch, not sketch comedy, but uh, they, it follows them at their marketing company and they do like really shitty commercials for local businesses. So it's like a fr- there's the was it like the Devereaux wigs? We make wigs that are 100 percent not made from dead people's hair. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the most insane uh, marketing ploys. One's like, uh, oh, gosh, there's like. Or Michael Keegan, Keegan Michael Key uh, runs a furniture store that's opposing a uh, what's it, boys and big boys like preteen furniture store. It's like the most random stores, but 
really funny. So I've been really binging that this last few weeks, but that's all I there's got like my media that, conception. There's like that skit that he does where he's like a lawyer uh, in uh, I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, have you ever been accused of something? And you're like, I didn't do it. <laughs> I wasn't involved. <laughs> you're saying I did. It's that's the, ener- so that's the energy I bring to life every single day. Uh, it's it's really good. I can't believe I, I it was made a few years ago, so I'm surprised I never picked it up. But um, yeah. really funny it's stuff. Because it's because people like you just don't consume media. I don't. I yeah. yeah I'm just out here just staring at walls. We at created this segment, and Scott went, "Oh shit." <laughs> I had like five things, and now we're at episode <laughs> 26 or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still writing it. Scott's like, I. I'm just I proud told- he didn't plug the Eagles for the fifth time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not dra- a football season, so the draft day was yesterday. So I'm, I could very well. You could have. <laughs> I could have. You could have. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, you can uh, subscribe to us on any platform. Uh, we are everywhere at the moment. If there is a place where we are not, let us know, and we can see if we can get there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube at UnblessPod. You can also send in any sort of emails uh, to unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. That's unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. Unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. dot com. Just pod.com. I think that's just going to be the band POD. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, my, and as always, my name is Evan. And as always, I'm Scott. And as always, don't forget to close your Bible. <laughs>